Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good morning from New York City. Uh, my head is a little bit fuzzy, and this is the Arscast Extra that we recorded live yesterday at the Barleycorn in uh, Park Place in New York. You want to check it out. It's a great bar. Uh, to watch Arsenal in, if you're ever here uh, and you need to catch a game, this is definitely the place to do it. Uh, recorded in conjunction with our friends at Arsenal NYC, who've been looking after us since we got here. I brought over a USB key, which had all the Arscast music and bits and pieces on it, and I can't find it. I've got no idea where it is or how I've lost it. It could only have been in one place, and it's not there, and I just I, I just don't understand. But there you go. So this is an Arscast Extra without any music, but lots of talking. There is a lot of talking in this one. Uh, we rambled on a bit. I think it was probably because people kept feeding us drinks as we were talking yesterday. Uh, and that might, <laughs> that might be apparent uh, as you listen to this show. But nevertheless, I uh, hope you enjoy it. So look, here we go. Let's do it. This is the Arscast Extra live from New York. Let's go, man. Here we go. Let's do it. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the clock end at Barleycorn, our newest addition to Arsenal New York City. I'm Curtis Powers, the... The president, I guess they say. Uh, this is an amazing thing that we're doing the first time, and we're hoping to do more of these. We have Andrew Mangan and James McNicholas of the Ars Cast here in New York City. And this is going to be awesome because we had a smashing good time yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just want to say thank everyone for coming. Arsenal New York City, we believe it's the best supporters club in North America. We have five pubs, and uh, we do great stuff, and we're hoping to continue that. But that wouldn't be possible. Uh, lots changed. Uh, we've uh, worked hard to grow this to what it is. Uh, and it wouldn't have been possible w- without the past. Our former vice president here, Mr. Brett Chase. And, uh, and our very, very awesome new board. Uh, we want you to know that if you're a member, we've been mailing out all of your membership packs over the last few days, and it's been uh, pretty crazy and fun. So check your mailboxes soon. But uh, our new vice president's Mr. Sean Swift right here. Our treasurer right in front of him, Mr. John Painting. Our secretary who is responding to you everything and killing herself the last few days, Jessica. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I'm seeing everybody else's face. We've got Andrew Kamika, who's our social media extraordinaire. And Mr. Ron Treasure, who we thought should be the treasurer, but he is our community liaison because he is the best personality out of all of us. All this wouldn't be possible without them. And uh, thanks to Brian McLaughlin, who uh, is the owner of this fine establishment, and uh, we hope that you'll be back. Uh, but without further ado, we're about to kick off the Arscast. Wait, who did I forget? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You were hidden behind the speaker. Matthew Alionis. He is our t- uh, ticketing liaison. As a member, you get requests to tickets. That is not an easy thing to do. It's not like buying tickets for a, a game in America. You have to go through that guy. 
Just that guy. And he's a cop. So don't mess around. Anyway, everything's been possible with these guys. So thank you. This is the first of many. This is Arscast NYC. Welcome, Andrew and James. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, we'll go. This is... uh... Hey, guys. This is very cool. This, this is, is so cool, yeah. Thank it, you all for coming, and imagine, thanks for having us. Do you remember when you were just a really young teenage blog guy? <laughs> if someone had said to you, we're going to go to New York and do a podcast, yeah, you would have said... I wouldn't have believed you, Andrew. No. I wouldn't have believed you. But then you, I wouldn't have believed you that all my hair would be gone by then either, so <laughs> things change. I, I could see that coming, and yeah. <laughs> I was, I, yeah, I could. But look, we got to say thanks to uh, Curtis and everyone at Arsenal NYC for A, the idea. When Curtis got in touch and said, Do you want to do a, uh, come to New York and do a podcast? It's like, uh, Why are you even asking yeah. this? <laughs> it was, a, I mean, we get some stupid questions on the show, but <laughs> that's among the stupidest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course we did. Uh, so we got to say thanks as well to Brian and all the staff here in the Barley Corn for, uh, for looking after us. Uh, and for making this possible so uh, uh, I hope you guys will uh, buy some beer because I think that will help put their kids through college and shit like that so So that's good so look we're here we're in New York it's amazing Arsenal won yesterday 3-0 there we go a popular result yeah popular result we got so lucky guys (laughs) imagine imagine if we'd come all this way and and lost i i was i was terrified on the flight over of a the drunk guy who spilled his vodka on me yeah but b losing the game i was going oh what the this is going to be terrible if we have to do that but of course everybody's in good form today because uh because we won three nil we played very well and of course uh diego costa was unhappy so that's uh, (laughs) a That's yeah. a really good thing. That's a, well, they're all the prerequisites of a good day, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Diego Costa's unhappiness is right near the top of that list. So, look, let, let, let's go back to yesterday. Let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, uh, I think regular listeners of the Arscast Extra will know that there are unfortunate things happen to you, James. Well, listen, <laughs> I'm here. I'm in New York. Arsenal beat Chelsea by 3-0, and I'm not dead. Yeah. <laughs> So, something's gone awry here, guys. Uh, I mean, we're in a beautiful room, but I dare not stand under any, under any of these chandeliers because it's like that film, Final Destination. It's, it's like, coming, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's yeah, coming. Yeah. I've got to be very careful for the remainder of my time here. Well, absolutely. And, and look, we, we came here yesterday, we watched the game, and we'll touch on the game in a few minutes, but obviously uh, you, were, you were sort of late arriving, and we, went, we had some dinner. Yeah, uh, we had a frozen margarita, and every sip of the frozen margarita gave me brain freeze. Guys, it was hilarious. <laughs> he was in so much pain. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen anything like it. It's like I'd ask you to just eat a handful of snow. You were so upset. <laughs> it was unreal. It was very delicious, but terribly painful. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So, so you. And had- then I left you. I left you because obviously. Because my life is in constant peril, I have to retire early. And, you know, preserve yeah, I, I thank you for that. You were trying not to put me in danger as well. I thought it was risky. On the risky. mean streets of New York. So that then I, I left you at 7 or 8 o'clock, whatever it was. And then, like the rest of the Western world, this morning was waiting for your blog. 
wondering what had become of you <laughs> until I saw a tweet, I don't know, nine o'clock or something, saying, I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I trust it was an eventful evening in New York City. I, I went to a bar on 7th Avenue uh, called uh, Peter McManus Bar. It's, it's a good Irish kind of bar. Yeah. I feel drawn to it because obviously I, I, I'm slightly Irish. Uh, and I sat at the bar, and I'm quite happy to sit at a bar. You know, when you go to a bar, just sit there and have a drink and just mind your own business. Like a cop who's lost his partner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thankfully, that didn't happen. Yeah, sure. <laughs> not, not yet. Because I'm yet. not a cop, like a podcaster that lost his partner. Exactly that, very much um, that. But there was this, this, this lady sat beside me, and you know when you kind of look at someone and you know they're just a little bit mad sure yeah so i thought oh my god she's she's a little bit mad but she was she was she kept herself to herself and i was sitting at the bar having a beer and then she went and poked me <laughs> and i was like hi and she said where where are you from and i said ireland yeah and she went so you're irish <laughs> she's a smart cookie this she woman. was she was. And I said, where are you from? Are you from New York? I thought maybe she was from... She said, I'm from Pluto. <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm, an, I'm an alien. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I really shouldn't have... Yeah, now you're I in big trouble. Have. But I was saved by an incredible Australian couple who were here. They're like touring the U.S., they came to the U.S., went to San Francisco, went to Las Vegas, got married, wow. emailed their families the next day and said, hey, we got married. And then they've traveled from like uh, Las Vegas to Miami. Then they went to Washington, D.C., and now they're in New York. And they were really nice, a really nice sort of funny couple. And the girl uh, was called Zoe, and the guy was called Ross. And she drank about six or seven gins. Right. She was really, really funny and like intelligent and smart and kind of saved me from the crazy lady. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened, but like in one second, she was fucking pissed. <laughs> like, she, was, she was perfectly fine. And then she was from Pluto and too. she was also from Pluto. And yeah. she, was a, she was an alien. Uh, and the guy, Ross, went, oh, I'm going to have to take her home, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, and that's a long way. Oh, that was a long way. <laughs> it was a big, big, long flight. So, yeah. so then I met Curtis, and we had a couple of drinks. Or Curtis arrived. I think he met the Australians, and then I took $100 out of the ATM in McManus. Mm -hmm. And Curtis went off on his way home, and uh, I wandered down towards my hotel. So from, like, 17th, I wandered down Hudson, which is where the hotel is. So I, I came home with $20 and I have no idea where I spent the eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, if I, if I will leave you to your own devices, things like this will happen. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Money will get lost. I'm just, you know, thankful. I think the, the great thing about uh, you, you, you have this homing device. Yeah. That even when it's not home, you, you end up where you're supposed to end up. So I woke up like on my, on my face. Uh, but alive and unwell without any wounds or scratches or hurty bits. I, I, I yearn for that feeling. Yeah. One day, one, one day. day. Um, but did you have that thing where you woke up and you sort of couldn't really believe where you were? I did. I woke up and I was confused. Not only was I in New York, uh, but also 
it was all true. Arsenal had beaten Chelsea three yeah. nil. Yeah, that was that was the best bit. Yeah, that was the best bit. So we're going to talk about that. So what we're going to do with the with this bit, we're going to do the usual bit where we waffle nonsense for. Uh, half an hour, 35 minutes, and we're going to take a break, and then we'll, uh, you guys can get a drink, and then we'll do like a Q&A session. Curtis has got a, a radio mic, so he can go out and take questions, and we're going to do usual Arscast Extra style. And uh, uh, just again, thank you all so much for coming out. This is, uh, this is amazing. And uh, yeah, thank fuck we won yesterday. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I mean, cheers, guys. It's really lovely to see you all. And for the most part, you've been, you've been great. But I, I was tweeting some pictures of us here yesterday, and I've got to bring this up because we got a reply from Kunal Patel <laughs> who said as an avid listener of the Arscast Extra it ruins a lot for me to see your faces <laughs> thanks man thanks Kunal <laughs> like I'm really glad we've spoiled the bu- like we've ruined it well it makes me sort of wonder to what degree he was enjoying it <laughs> until that point and, and why he was enjoying it yeah, but, these, yeah. these guys have tremendous voices I yeah. wonder what they look like they must look tremendous as well yeah. oh no I'm so disappointed yeah. in how they look <laughs> I know so yeah sorry for any of that inevitable yeah. disappointment well yeah look so yeah he, he can he can fuck off you <laughs> 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 can either listen or not listen but you know it's a free podcast mate we can't help the way we look yeah you know? there's a reason it's an audio show guys <laughs> yeah, exactly Apart from this one's going on Facebook Live and stuff, apparently. Oh, shit. So, oh, sh- this is my bad. This is my bad side. Can we? Switch yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got two bad sides. Yeah, so I've got to stay too. here. Uh, I've got about four of them, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so look, yesterday, the game kicked off here. This bar was full of Arsenal fans, which was amazing. And about forty minutes before kickoff, you texted me to say you you were in a cab, and yeah. then you said, uh, "I've got no data." The cab driver doesn't know where Park Place is. No. Can you, can you, where is it? And, uh, and, and I was like, it's New York City. The traffic won't be that bad. <laughs> uh, so three hours later. Yeah, you know. three, three hours and two goals later. <laughs> so I, I arrived. Basically, you were texting me the scores. Yeah. And at first, I thought you might be joking. No, I was actually hoping when it went to 2 0, I was hoping it would just stay 2 0 because that would be amazing for you to come all this way and miss both goals. Yeah. But they, they inconveniently scored a third goal. It was nice. They yeah. were thinking of me. But yeah. I tell you what, when I was in the car, I tweeted saying, it's 2 0 and I'm, I'm trapped in a taxi in New York. And I had about a thousand replies just saying, stay in the car. <laughs> Do not get out the car. Just drive around New York. It's yeah. going really well with you in there. Don't you dare jinx it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just, just head up towards Boston for yeah. a while. Head back to down. Take the scenic route. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did get out the car. And thank God we still won. And we still won. And thank you to all the people who actually credited us with the victory. I think that's, that's a very important thing to consider that everyone said... We, we obviously won because you guys came to New York and yeah. you should stay here. So, like, if you want to have a whip around and crowdfund us, like, a, a stay in the, in the Hilton, somewhere like that, for, <laughs> for the rest of the season, we would be willing to do that. We might be amenable. We'll sacrifice that for you guys so we can, <laughs> so we can win the league. But, I mean, w- what a game. Um, Alexis Sanchez as a striker, we, we've had our doubts. Yeah, we have, yeah. But... 
uh, it seems to be working, so we obviously don't know shit. I think what yesterday <laughs> conclusively proved is that we don't know what we're talking no, about. No, not a clue. <laughs> Sorry, uh, guys. Yeah, yeah. So, we got you here under false pretenses completely. Not, I mean, yeah, I've definitely had my doubts about Alexis as a striker, but yesterday it worked an absolute treat. And he scored, what's he scored, five goals in six games now, something like that? Yep, yep, five Flying goals. Flying along. yeah. Turns I'm out we had, we had the striker we needed all along, tucked yeah. away in a draw, <laughs> tucked away on the wings. Um, and what a goal, what a, like he robbed Gary Cahill, the only thing that could have made that goal any better was if it was, obviously if it was John Terry and John Terry yeah. fell over, that would have been amazing. Yeah, Chelsea have found their successor to Terry, haven't they? Yeah, I mean Gary Cahill is clearly not as despicable as John Terry, he doesn't have a litany of being a complete cunt his whole life, but... No. Sorry for the language, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he did play for Bolton, though. Yeah, so, yeah, he did. He you can never and escape we, And we that. tried to buy him. I know. We did try to buy him. Strange to think, isn't it? Dick Law couldn't pull off the transfer. What a, what a strange thing that is, Yeah, him not doing that. But uh, no, a great finish from Alexis. You know, it reminded me a little bit of, I, I know it's not the same in terms of importance and what have you, but the Michael Thomas goal against Liverpool at Anfield in 1989, I was going, finish, finish it, finish it. And I just thought he took too many touches and then he did that beautiful dink over the goalkeeper fantastic he had it the goal it reminded me of was uh, Thomas Rosicki against Spurs when Danny Rose oh, lost the yeah. ball on the halfway line oh yeah yeah, yeah similar yeah, yeah, one like in that, that he nicked it on the halfway line sprinted away little clip finish yeah oh that is good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. lovely moment yeah is, is Gary Cahill worse a worse human than Danny Rose I is he what show, do you think show of hands Yes. Uh, more no. people think Danny Rose I is I think more people think Danny Rose is, is <laughs> yeah, evil. Danny Rose had the temerity to score against us that That's time. That's true. You know, so, Unforgivable. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, so, 1 nil up, and I text you in the, in the cab, and you're very excited. And then we went 2 nil up, and uh, I don't know if you saw the, the blog today, but your response was like, oh, fuck my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did just feel, I thought I'd phone seven hours to miss our best performance in yeah. two years. Yeah. <laughs> But um, no, I mean, look, it was, uh, and that was a hell of a goal. It really was good. Alex Awobi, I think, uh, get, is not quite getting the credit he deserves for the, he for had the performance the t- he had yesterday. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's because he had the, the temerity to not be English. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the English media really didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if he was, in, yeah, can you imagine? True. If he was getting the Rashford treatment, yeah, the that's hype very he'd true. be receiving. Yeah. But because he plays for Nigeria, there's less interest. But to be honest, I don't think that's a bad thing for Arsenal at all. Because, or him. Or yeah. Him. Arsene Wenger's talked about how humble he is. And I think, you know, if he's flying a bit below the radar, yeah. that's fine with me. It's great. And what a re- really brilliant goal. Um, worked from Iwobi out to Bellerin. Bellerin crosses for Theo Walcott. Theo Walcott in the center forward position. Like, we- <laughs> I know you're a big Theo fan, and we have been Theo doubters uh, certainly last season. But this season, like the guy is really working hard yeah. to 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 prove people wrong. And I, you know, he's got he's got the goals. He was I loved the bit in was it the second half where he he just chased Cahill down yeah. and Cahill had to make a hush or a really rush clearance, and he turned around and he was like. He was furious. He was furious, wasn't he? he? Was I, very angry. There was a great moment as well. I think it was a Petacek goal kick out to the right wing, and he just like took it down. It was like unconventionally good technique for Theo. <laughs> he, 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 he like brought it down. Brilliant pirouette. I did some research, if you can believe it. I never do. But um, when? Yeah, I know. Like t- ten minutes ago, hurriedly <laughs> on my phone. But Theo Walcott this season 
has attempted uh, 15 tackles, which is the exact same amount he attempted in the entirety of last season. And how many of them did he win? I mean, he won about two. That's not the point. <laughs> but he's really making the effort. It's all about the effort. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Ha- he's, he's attempted, again, I'm going to go with attempted, yeah. 15 headers which is four fewer than he did the entirety of last season. Uh, have you noticed uh, Mesut Ozil's technique when uh, a, a, like a goal kick comes towards him? Have uh, you seen this? Does it involve so running is, away? I no, haven't no, seen this it. is what he does, right? So this is what he does. Uh, you're the defender, yeah. and I'm Mesut Ozil, and the ball's coming in, and, it's co- and he goes... Oh, Jesus. Uh, and that's all he does. He for, those, like <laughs> for those who can't see, Andrew just gave me a sort of backwards cuddle. <laughs> that's basically what happened. He, he, just, he just backs in. That's his thing. He doesn't bother jumping. He's like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm not going to use my head. I've got brilliant feet. So uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. Watch out for it. I will. Time. I will. Watch out for but it. But yeah, Walcott's been... Um, a, a real surprise. I didn't even think he'd be here, to be honest, six yeah. months ago. And not only is he here, he's doing a great job. And it's that weird thing, isn't it? He's playing on the right now, and yet when he scored that goal, he's in a classic centre-forward position. Six yeah. yards out, middle of the goal. I think this could be like a, some kind of master plan, a strategy that Arsene Wenger and Theo Walcott sat down over the summer, and Theo, Theo says, I don't want to be a striker anymore. I want to play on the right. Yeah. And Arsene Wenger says, I'm not going to play Theo Walcott on the right. He's not good enough defensively to do that. Right. Then he picks him on the right every single week, yeah. and then he scores as a centre-forward. It's like classic. <laughs> misdirection yeah I mean the the opposition don't know what's going on yeah exactly they're like where the fuck is this guy going to be so he's a changed man let's hope he keeps it up and then that third goal what about that turn from from Mesut Ozil what just turned away from it was Kante wasn't it It was yeah absolutely amazing Ozil I think it was in that last period of the first half was just sort of on another plane wasn't he he had had that moment where he just spanned away from Kante he had the no look pass which was like that was so brilliant the way he like so deliberately went yeah the, the best thing about that is he was right on the touchline so it wasn't like oh he might be looking to pass another player he was just looking at the crowd yeah. hi John yeah, how are you exactly. how's it going in there winking at the kit man <laughs> Uh, brilliant. Yeah, I don't know. His girlfriend was in the crowd or something. Yeah. I don't know. But like, well, uh, what, what do you think? Of, I mean, did he did he mean that finish? Was that did he? Of course he did. Uh, of course, the cl- the classic hit it into the ground and bounced it over the goalkeeper. <laughs> he practices that every day. Brilliant. I mean, so good. Three nil at halftime, and we were talking about it yesterday. It was very much like the Manchester United game last season, yeah. where we uh, it was almost the same scores. Alexis scored two, and, and Theo Walcott got, uh, was also got one. Uh, yeah, Walcott didn't score in that but game, Walcott but it was one of those assist. games where... He got an assist for the Ozil goal. And he tried. He did try. He tried as very, well. Very, very hard. Yeah, yeah. No, it was very, very reminiscent of that. 3-0 yeah. at half-time, and then the second half, not quite as controlled as we were in October last year against yeah. United. Like, Chelsea... Had a few chances in that game. Czech made a really good save yep. from Batshuayi. And, uh, but more than good enough for me. We could have, in fact, we probably could have had a couple more goals. It could have been we? five or six. Yeah, Let's yeah. face it. I mean, there was, uh, Walcott as... had a chance to shoot and he passed and he had a chance to pass and he shot. Yeah. Um, and that's not to be mean to, to Walcott, but like we, we, had, we really had chances to, uh, to extend that lead and to, I think, you know, it's a little bit, maybe a little bit disappointed. Can we be disappointed with a 3-0 win over Chelsea? <laughs> I mean, we wanted five or six just to, to get 
some revenge for that 6-0. Oh. I, as I said to you yesterday, watching it, I'd happily take another goal or a Diego Costa red card. Yeah. That would have been... That would have been the icing or. on the cake. He, really he got booked on 83 minutes. And in my head, I was like, there's still time. <laughs> there's still time with Diego Costa. But I mean, look, he didn't get sent off, but we got some lovely close-ups of him looking extremely unhappy. He was, he was so unhappy, wasn't I, it? And I have to thank whoever directed the, the, the yeah, screening yeah. of the game. Close-up on Costa is looking really annoying. Honestly, the angriest, the saddest Neanderthal I've ever seen. <laughs> he just... <laughs> He just has one of those faces, doesn't he? That you go, oh my God, if we were trapped on, a, like on an island together and there was no food, he would definitely eat you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really, he's just so terrible. I, I'd be making a swim for it in that <laughs> circumstance, <laughs> yeah. in a hurry. Thank, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's horrendous. He's the, he's the worst of the worst. And, and I, think, I think we overlook that side of things when, when we think about football and when we analyze football, that people say you shouldn't take great pleasure in other people's misfortune and I say fuck that shit <laughs> we, should, we should always always remember to take the opportunity to laugh at other people when the opportunity presents itself because they, they, they do it to us right? Of course. Every single time something goes wrong for Arsenal they go yeah. but, and we should and obviously, it's, it's a shame that John Terry wasn't playing yesterday, but yeah. nice to know that he was probably sat somewhere with a, a brilliant view of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sat yeah. watching it, yeah. having to endure it. Dude, would, would he have gone to the game? Because you know the way the Arsenal players, the, the Arsenal players that aren't selected, they, they have to attend the game, so they're sitting just behind the dugout, so you can see yesterday, per Mertesacker, for example, right. the Jeff... Uh, El Nenny, they were sitting behind uh, the dugout. I wonder for away games, do, uh, do they have to go? I don't know. I, I, I mean, it would be lovely to think he was there. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's say he was. Yeah, let's just say he was. Having a really terrible time. He was there? In his full kit. <laughs> <laughs> I he don't doubt was. it. I don't doubt it. He was ready to come on the pitch at the final whistle. <laughs> we won. <laughs> Um, former Arsenal player Cesc Fabregas did not have a did not have a good game no he did not not at all actually taken off at about 55 minutes and I was a bit worried about it because obviously he hasn't really been picked by Conte this season but uh, midweek he, he scores two goals and you're going oh fuck yeah yeah the oh, timing the, the form, timing was ominous the, the former player is going to come back and haunt us but uh, he did nothing I mean uh, he was well marshalled in midfield uh, Francis Coquelin uh, I mean futures for Coquelin I mean I guess that's the one downside of the day right yeah. an injury to Francis Coquelin yeah and uh, I don't know what the latest is on that because uh they said they're going to have to wait 48 hours, really, until right. they can get an assessment. But it appears it's the same knee ligament that he injured last season. But how badly right. he's done it, we, we don't know. Right. But I well, think that would be a real blow. Like, I think I sort of missed the memo this year where everyone started hating on Cockland. I, I, <laughs> I, I missed that. Yeah. There has been a, a lot of criticism for him. Um, and maybe he is, I think somebody has to become the lightning rod in a certain way for, for things when they don't go particularly well. But when you think about, okay, the opening day of the season was terrible. It was yeah. like really bad. It was the worst that you could, you could imagine it to be. And all the, all the things that we were concerned about came home to, to bite us in the arse. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and rightly, there was a lot of criticism about that. But at the same time, 
the response to it has been fantastic. When you look at the results, uh, I think we said last week that results have been better than performances, and maybe now we're heading into the territory where performances are matching the results. Yeah, it seems so. If you, if you, if you take that first result out of it, it's really strong now at yeah. the start of the season. Yeah. And I think the main thing is goal scoring. I saw a number this morning. In last season, in our first eight games, we scored seven goals. And this season, I think we've got 20. Right. So that's pretty dramatic. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it, yeah. And I don't think there's a, a Meza Urzel assist among them, pretty much. So, like, they're, they're, I can't remember one at any rate. Yeah. So, like, the supply line is much more diversified. And it's not like, you know, there's someone who scored. 12 goals or something. It's yeah. pretty spread pretty evenly. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. You know, the, the, the efficiency in front of goal was something that we were all concerned about last season, that we, we were making chances but missing them. And this season, we're also missing chances, but we're taking more of the ones uh, that we're, we're creating as well. You know, so when you score, you know, three goals in a game, four goals in a game, so what is it like... Uh, 11 goals in the last week. Yeah. You know, you're going to win games when you score that many goals, unless, you know, you play Liverpool on the yeah. opening day. <laughs> <laughs> Generally yeah. speaking, though, if you score three or four goals, you're going to win the game. So uh, it's good. And uh, we're, we're, we're seeing the team uh, move in a really good direction. I suppose the, the concern that we might have is that there are other teams doing good things as well. Yeah. Manchester City look like they know what they're doing. <laughs> they do a bit, don't they? Yeah. It's almost as if that Guardiola guy is a good coach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh, he got messy. Anyone could, like, we could make a team of messy. But, yeah. You know. I was, yeah, I know. He does seem to be doing a decent job. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. yeah. Another good coach. They're going quite well. Um, and dare I say it, the third team who are pretty impressive, Spurs. Yeah. I keep I keep <laughs> waiting for them to sort of return to the to the norm, you know. Well, they managed it at the back end of last season. They let's did, not in forget fairness, in hilarious fashion. <laughs> Newcastle have five. <laughs> Amazing, but I, I I sort of like I long for the days where they had people like Chris Armstrong and Stefan Freund. Yeah, sure. You know where they sort of flattered to deceive, and now they're actually. They're, they're a stronger team than we'd like them to be. but Yeah, but, you know, it's been a pretty strong start. And I think so much of that, I, I, really, I really like the front three we've seen in the last couple of Premier League games yeah. with Iwobi on the left, Walcott on the right, Alexis through the middle. I think that gives you some great combinations. Meza yeah. Ozil behind. If, yeah, I think, like, if you think about Wenger's best front threes, they always tended to have, like, one wide forward who is more of a striker and then one who's more of a midfielder, like yeah. more of a playmaker, and like be that Kazola or Zarshavin at one stage, Nasri even. And Iwobi is doing that job so well. And I think it's taking, taking some of the pressure off Ozil. Like, I can't remember many better games than Ozil's had yesterday. I thought he was sublime. At he, he loved it, didn't he? He was, having yeah. a, he was having a really good time out there. He was enjoying it. You could see when he scored the goal. I know he was doing all this and, you know, players do that all the time. But there was a kick out, I think, from Petr Cech and he just watched it, watched it and then just little pass yeah. back into midfield. I, like the technique and the quality he has is, is fantastic. And, and like you were saying about the front three, when you've got someone like Iwobi who's really mobile, did you notice uh, what what stood out to me was the pace 
of the passing. And I don't mean how quickly we were looking to move the ball, but the pace at which we hit the ball, which was always a characteristic of Wenger's best teams, where they moved the ball really quickly. So there was a lot of one-touch passing, a lot of... Yeah. You know, combination moves, pinball moves, I guess, almost in a way. Uh, but what's what's really nice to see about that is that it, it has been something that's been missing, that we've been slow in our build-up. We move the ball left to right and right to left, and we don't, we, we don't penetrate <laughs> the way we should. Um, I, I, and I think you saw yesterday that when you have someone like Iwobi and you have someone like Alexis, is that you've got, you've got passes between the lines. So Chelsea were set up really defensively. If you looked at them in the first few minutes, you could see that they were really defensive. They were sitting off the old two banks of four bullshit, but they had the men behind the ball, pretty much every single man behind the ball. And you look at the, you look at the second goal and the way we were able to move the ball quickly and find space in behind them. I think that's the most encouraging thing about the performance yesterday. I think so, and it, and this isn't intended as a kind of a criticism of him personally, but it kind of follows with the idea that over the past 12 months, a lot of our best performances as a team yeah. have come when uh, Olivier Giroud's not been in the side, you know? <laughs> I think that's true, and like, it's because with a more mobile centre-forward, those options for those through balls are so much more varied, I yeah. think, rather than constantly trying to play off him as a pivot. Yeah. So I think... it. It's really, you know, Arsene, he's experimented with other strikers in the past, but he's always come back to Giroud in the end. But I feel like the consistency with which he's played Alexis through the middle this season shows a bit of a departure in his thinking. I wonder if we've, yeah. I don't know, I, I feel like we've said it before, but I feel like maybe we've moved on to something different strategically. Well, yeah, we were, we, were, we were talking about it as if it was a necessity Right, yeah, and and I think there was a certain element of that at the start of the season where he had to use Alexis as a striker because Giroud was just back from the Euros and what have you. But I think the more the season goes on, the more it it feels like he actually has a plan for him. He yeah. feels like he's he's doing something quite deliberate with him, yeah, and it's working. It is working. Yeah. I, th- I think. I mean, would people want to see Alexis stay in the middle? Is that the general consensus? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? I mean, again, it, 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 it means that you have, you have options and you've got choices and you can change things. So you can bring on someone like Giroud who can be the classic center forward, but you can also bring on Lucas who, can, who is almost like a, a hybrid of Alexis and, and, and Giroud in terms of the way that he plays. He's got the pace to get in behind and what mm-hmm. have you. So for, for once we have options, whereas it was always it was always Giroud. It was and that's always. not to be critical of him. You know, he, he does what he does and, and everyone knows what he does and he does it pretty well for the most part. But, like, it becomes very easy to play against uh, Arsenal when you know exactly what the, what the centre-forward is going to do or the way that the team is going to play, the way it's going to set up. Whereas with Alexis, you're like, well, I don't know where he's going to be. He's going to either be in the centre or he's going to be out left or he's going to drop into midfield. So, yeah. yeah, it's good. And you don't know where Theo Walcott's going to be because... Yeah. We don't know what position he plays. Yeah. <laughs> Theo Walcott doesn't even know where he's going to be. No, that's he's the just, element of surprise that we yeah, needed. Yeah, he just sort of goes on instinct, you know. Uh, so, I mean, it's pretty dramatic turnaround, isn't it? I think if you think back to the Liverpool game, the Leicester game, transfer approaching the transfer deadline, it was all it was ever so gloomy. It's a good job we didn't come here then. It would have been very <laughs> somber indeed. They'd be throwing things at us right now. Yeah. Um, 
But no, it is. It is good. And, and look, I, I don't think any of the concerns that we had or many fans had during the summer about what we were doing and how we were doing it, I don't think they were unfounded or, or uh, misplaced in any way. I think it was you know, right to have those concerns about the way that we were going to build the squad. But you know, when you can go, and I know it was only Nottingham Forest, and I know it was the AFL Cup, but when you can change 11 players, uh, completely change your team, and play the way we did against Forest mm-hmm. and win 4-0, score four goals away from home, I think that says a lot about the, the quality and the depth that we have in the squad. Yeah. Right? We've, got a really, we've got a really, really good squad. Um, and a, a lot of work has been done to, to the spine of it. You know, when you look at the keeper who came in last season, we've got a central defender in. And most, I think we should talk about the central defenders a little oh, bit yeah, yesterday. Of right? Because Koscielny... Yeah. Uh, Apart from, that, apart from that one bit where they both thought the other guy was going to go for the ball, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Bellerin, Bellerin made that uh, brilliant tackle, um, uh, which Matt, was amazing. I love yeah, that. Someone, someone actually said to me just at the bar, what was my highlight of the game? And weirdly, that was the first thing that came into my head, that Bellerin tackle. Cause well, it that, was, was, that was the only thing you saw. You missed the opening <laughs> goal. Oh, that's it, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, yeah. Dermot. You were in a taxi, remember? It was amazing, wasn't it? It was like Speedy Gonzalez. Be- yeah. be- you could just sort of feel him coming up behind. And it was, it was Pedro. Pedro's a really quick guy as well, so you look yeah. at the pace that the Bellerin had. But, like, Cassiani and, and Mustafi uh, look like they're growing together. I think, you know, for Mustafi coming in, he was, he was thrown in a little bit at the deep end. I know he's not a kid or an ingenue in any way. He's 24 years of age and he's quite experienced. But I think when you're, when you're bored on a Thursday and you're playing on a Saturday uh, and then the next, it, it takes you a little bit of time to, to get up to speed and to know what your teammates are about. And uh, Costa yesterday got no change from either of them. Uh, Mustafi really likes a sliding tackle, doesn't he? He yeah. loves it. As, as, do, as do I, to be fair. So. I, love, I love sliding tackles. I yeah. love making them. I, I play like on Astro, so you can't do it unless you want to lose all your skin. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so you can't do it. I used to play football. When I played football in Spain, when I lived in Spain, there was a guy called uh, Gerard. He was a local guy. Our football team was made up of like Irish, English guys uh, who okay. were over there, expats and some local Spanish guys. And Gerard was, uh, what's the, the way? A lunatic. Right. right. Um, <laughs> he was from Pluto. Yeah, he was from Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we would play on these uh, hard dirt pitches, like clay pitches. So you learn to stay on your feet very quickly. And, and you know, sure. do, he would slide tackle people. <laughs> he would literally go fucking slide. And if he didn't get the ball, he got the man. It didn't make any difference. The man. But he would lose... Like, he'd come in after the game, we'd be in the showers, and he's just, like, blood weeping down his legs and stuff. And you're going, are you all right? He's going, yeah. yeah. Jesus. I had a great time. I fucking got that guy. What so, happened to him in the end? I don't know what happened to him in the end. The last time I saw him... He, he signed for Stoke. <laughs> the last time I saw him, he was driving an open-top mini down uh, Diagonal, this uh, big, long street in, yeah. in Barcelona. Uh, and he was quite drunk. And I shouldn't have been in the car with him. Right. <laughs> but hey, I was also quite drunk. He lives on the edge, old <laughs> he Gerard, doesn't he? He does. But um, Koscielny, uh, that bit near the end, when he bumped over Diego Costa. A great moment. Oh, I mean, I think, I think that's a highlight. Because it was a bit like the Mesodosal no-look pass. Yeah. Because he knew what he was doing. He, he bumped him out of it, knocked him over, and Costa was furious. He was so angry. 
It was great. Yeah. It was great. I think, he, it, you know, that was one for all Arsenal fans, really, from Cashel. Uh, I think it was one for humanity yeah. more than <laughs> Arsenal fans. You know, there yeah. can't be anybody out there who doesn't enjoy watching Diego Costa get very angry because things aren't going his way. A captain's contribution from Koscielny there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's what example. you want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was, a, it was a fantastic day. So look, I think we've been talking for about 40 minutes here. So what we're going to do is take a short break. You guys get a drink at the bar. Um, and have and we will have some questions, guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some questions and we'll do the usual stuff in part two right after this. Thank you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, to the second part of this Arscast New York City. Just wanted to let everybody know, all the photos, all the videos you take, make sure to tag hashtag ArscastNYC. We hope you're enjoying your time here. Uh, we're going to continue doing these going forward. Uh, join Arsenal New York City. Join.arsenal-nyc.com. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we are going to be doing some friendly Q&A with these. We're going to do some Q&As. Balding, the one balding guy. I can say that because I'm balding <laughs> than you. <laughs> That's all right. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, so let's fine. Uh, let's crack on. So boys. We'll, we'll do that. But uh, you know, I think we should point out, James, that this this Ars cast is it's live. Yeah, we haven't said that, have we? It's live. It's live. <laughs> and it's live. And it's from New York City. <laughs> do you know what else we haven't New done? New York. Andrew? We've come all the way to New York. Yeah. We haven't wished these people a goodly morning. We have. Oh. Or, or a goodly afternoon, as it is. It's, go- it's goodly afternoon. Goodly right afternoon, now. guys. So sorry for that omission. So goodly afternoon to you all. Thank you uh, again for coming. We, we've got people uh, who've come from Ohio. 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 Uh, we've got people who've come from Washington, D.C., from Philadelphia. Hey. Uh, there's an, there's an Irish guy here who's uh, just uh, come via Sydney, <laughs> uh, which is like crazy. There he is. There he is on oh, the nice top there. The back. So he just happens to be here. So he's doing like, so, so like, thank you all for coming. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. And it's great to see you all here. And, uh, and thanks as well for, for listening every week and downloading and reading and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, 
I know we say it sometimes on the podcast, but uh, now that I have you all here in person, it's it's nice for me to thank you all personally for uh, for just uh, enjoying what we do, and uh, and that makes a big part of it for us, you know, because otherwise we'd just be two assholes talking to each other. Yeah, <laughs> that would be it. That would be. We sad. still are two assholes. We still are. We still are. It's just there are people listening to it. We're very much the lucky ones. Thanks. We guys. are indeed. So look, we're, Curtis is going to go around with the microphone. So if you have questions, uh, you're going to stick your hand up. But first, we got a question. We've got to do this question first from a guy up the back there called Luke. Luke, uh, he can't hang around because he's <laughs> he's got a hot date apparently. I'm like, who the fuck has a date at quarter past two on a like that guy's big on Tinder? I'd I mean, say. I'm, uh, maybe maybe grinder yeah. <laughs> grinder. Maybe Luke's got a lot of dates. Today, yeah, you know maybe I mean? he's just like going through them. I've got six dates to get through he's, before eight is, o'clock. This is his fuck fifteen me. minute window. He is a very handsome man. He's so, very you know, handsome. He, yeah, he, yeah. Get it. But he wanted to know uh, of of all the former players of Arsenal, all the guys that are doing their coaching badges. Which one do you think? would be uh, the, the best potential manager for, for Arsenal well do you know what we're actually in a city where one's working do you think Patrick Vieira obviously yeah. isn't he he's with New York yeah I don't know I don't know about that one I mean he's a contender the funny thing is whenever people ask me this question I kind of feel have mixed feelings I feel a bit sad because the guy who I absolutely think would be the best Arsenal manager kind of can't be and that's Dennis Bergkamp yeah because obviously he won't fly and I think that he knows that prohibits him really being the head coach at a club but in every other respect he would be perfect yeah he's got the the intelligence the the knowledge the understanding of the game coming through the IAC system as well yeah I mean that it really is a shame actually isn't it yeah you know whatever about him missing a game against Fucking Metallurg Donetsk. What we need really know. is someone just to be a puppet for Burkham. If we could appoint Glenn Helder <laughs> as the manager <laughs> and have Burkham as their assistant, the brains behind the operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could, be, he could be like the Wizard of Oz. Exactly. He's behind that. the curtain controlling everything that Glenn Helder does. Yeah. I mean, what about you? I know you're a big admirer of Mikel Arteta, aren't you? Yeah, I think Arteta's a really, uh, a really smart guy. I met. Um, I met, uh, I know a lot of the guys here will listen and watch the Men in Blazers. Um, so I met, I met Raj uh, from Men in Blazers for, for a beer on Friday. And he asked me, like, if you could talk to any Arsenal player at the moment, who, who would it be? And I said, well, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to talk to Mertesacker. I think that would be really great. Yeah. I'd love to just sit and fucking have the chats with Mertesacker. I think he'd be really great. Uh, but Arteta is a guy as well who you'd love to sit down with because he's he's so smart. He's been around, uh, you know, various football cultures uh, from Barcelona, PSG. Went to Rangers, mm-hmm. to Everton, then then to Arsenal, and obviously he had a very big connection with Arsenal. Um, in the five years he was there, I think you could see that in the in the way that uh, when he left, how 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 emotional he was and, and sure. what a deep connection he made to the club. And I think there's a couple of players like that. I think you probably need that connection to to be a really uh, to really do the job well, right? Like there's some guys who you think like they're amazing players, but you're not necessarily convinced they're going to be good managers. Sure. Sure. Thierry? Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to make sure this is recording. <laughs> yeah, okay. You I'm paranoid. The um, I think Arteta's a good shout. And to be honest, 
doing your apprenticeship under yeah. Pep Guardiola, as we said earlier, he doesn't, he doesn't seem like a bad coach, does yeah. he? So that might not be the worst thing. Yeah, so I think maybe Arteta would be a good guy. Interesting to, to look at Freddie Jumberg as well and to see what he's doing and the way that he's approaching his coaching badges. And he's talking about, like, I want to do the time. I want to, like, learn the job. I want to coach the kids and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, That is kind of interesting because he yeah. kind of went away from the game when he retired, didn't he? And he's yeah. been in an ambassadorial role role and in some ways maybe you think that's sort of more interesting than when a player goes directly into coaching it's like he's taken the time to consider he's thought about what his life could be yeah and he wants to come back to football so yeah and exciting that he is undertaking those badges with the club and yeah 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 he, it's he's good, around it's with good. The and of course you want people and uh, i i think the uh the other one that that stands out for me is um i don't know if we can share everyone's got a phone right <laughs> yeah these days. So uh, if you can go to your phones, everyone now. Everyone, pick out your phone. Let's do it. We're go about to, to go overload to, the Wi-Fi. Go yeah. to YouTube.com. You may have heard of it. Yeah, it's a small video site that people <laughs> use from time to time. So go to uh, YouTube and in the search bar, put in Nelson Vivas Punch Fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> So that's going to bring you up a video of former Arsenal great and what a legend he was, Nelson Vivas. Yeah. Argentinian international, hard as nails, cost us the league title that time when he didn't mark Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. <laughs> uh, and he's a, a manager in Argentina. Um, and he took exception to something that a fan was saying to him from the stands. And uh, as, you, as you go through the video... Uh, you'll notice that he becomes more and more irritated by what this fan is saying. And he says, wait for me outside, wait for me outside. The final whistle of the game blows. He runs down the tunnel and punches the shit out of this guy. So I think there are probably some... Yeah, he's from the Alan Pardew school of management, isn't he? Yeah, apart from... Well, Alan Pardew would just dance at them and then try and have sex with them. (laughs) Uh, along these lines, it would be very entertaining, I think, to see Jens Lehmann in the, in the dugout. <laughs> he knocked him on the arse. He yeah. knocked him on his arse. So that's it. So Nelson Vivas or actually someone good, one or the other. Yeah. So look, let's do it. So look, uh, Curtis is here. If you have a question, let's, let's do it. Curtis, you, you pick. All right. We're gonna, we're, when I come to you, you're going to say your name, where you're from. And then your question. And give us your credit card and social security number. And preferably, uh, preferably. <laughs> Here we got. Hi, uh, my name is Guy. Uh, Hi, Guy. Living in New York hey, City. Hey, Guy. And my question is, is this the season that the opposition finally starts to fear Arsenal again? Ooh. Interesting. Do they start? Yeah, there was always that thing, wasn't there? Like the 2014, the Invincibles, where, where, where people said... Like in the tunnel, you could see in the tunnel they were completely overawed by. You look at the the team lining up against you, and you go, Thierry Henry, shit, yeah, Dennis Bergkamp, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, Patrick Vieira, oh, come on, yeah, Robert Pirès, oh, give us a break here, so and then yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it went on and on and on, you know. So you could see how those guys really would would intimidate the opposition. And I Arsene Wenger's been talking this year, hasn't he, about his team being men. That, yeah, that's true, actually. He did, he did speak about that, like how they're mature between sort of 24 and 30. And maybe there is like an element of, like we have been, 
sometimes a bit too nice, right? Yeah. We're nice. We're, we're, we're nice people. The Arsenal players are very nice. They're gentlemen. They would help an old lady across the road. Diego Costa obviously would, like, beat her over the head and, and rub her handbag. The <laughs> Arsenal player would take her across the road and, and bring her shopping up to her apartment, right? Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that we should beat old ladies to death no. and steal their belongings and cash. Right. But I think there's a middle ground, right? So maybe you just kind of push her over or something. I should point out that during the break, someone made Andrew do a shot. <laughs> so if any of his answers are a little alarming, that could be part of it. Hey, look, I'm, I'm really, really suggestible. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say this in public. but No, I know. But... Uh, I think you're right. Like, you know, it's, it's that thing, isn't it, where you always see uh, journalists and pundits saying, oh, they'd love to see Arsenal win the league, you know, because they play nice football. And that sort of... But you don't really want to be that team. No. You want to be the team where people are like, oh, shit, it's Arsenal. Yeah. Like, they used to hate us. Yeah. You know, now people feel sorry for us a bit, and that's a load of bullshit. Yeah. You know, they, I feel like they should hate us again because we're so good and we're, we're so dangerous. You know what I mean? That, like... You want to be that team where pundits and managers are lining up saying, oh, they're all just foreign and like finding excuses for why we're so great. You Fingers, know? red card, shame. Yeah, I want more of those headlines. 97 red cards in one... You know, yeah. bring me some of that because well, when we got players sent off, we won. Well, the good news is, guys, matter. the good we news is <laughs> Granite Shacker's about to get into the team. Yeah. So I think it's going to be raining red cards pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty good. So yeah, maybe it is. Maybe there's just I, a bit of an edge to this Arsenal team. I yeah. hope I hope we see that. I, I don't know if it is, but I really hope it is. Like I think yeah. I think that'd be a good thing. And I think we have got a more mature team and a more physical team. And yeah, let them be bastards. I yeah. think that's fine. I think Ab- that's good. Absolute bastards. That's it. All right. Let's have another one, Curtis. Is Where it, are is we? Is it fair to say that we could come up with the song, It's Raining Red Cards? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's If nice. we were being, like, really lame, we could. But yeah. <laughs> we're not. We, we got one right here. All right. So my social security is zero. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to run. <laughs> I, I just want to know why you're taking some El Nenny, because I like what I see when he plays, but I really don't see us point is starting lineup so we just got a very good substitution or do you think Arsenal has like a bigger plan for him that's uh, yeah go on I'll let you go first on this El Nani was it I didn't yeah. catch the end of it he wants to know that your take on El Nani and why maybe he's on the bench a bit he wasn't on the, even on the bench yesterday yeah not even in the 18 um, I think he's a little bit unlucky because in the spring of last season he came into the starting 11 it was the Spurs game uh, early March and he came in Alex Awobi came into the side around that tight t- time too and they, they had a massive transformative impact but I feel like this year the signing of Shaka is one thing that's really hurt El Nene like I think obviously he's jumped above in the pecking order and the other thing that's going to have a big influence I think is when Aaron Ramsey comes back because if you think about the Euros claps for Aaron Ramsey there justifiably he was amazing in the Euros you're saying Aaron Ramsey's got claps yeah yeah (laughs) that's what he's out with but I think uh, the Nabry incident (laughs) (laughs) yeah indeed I think uh, Aaron Ramsey don't ask us to explain that (laughs) yeah don't ask us definitely when Aaron Ramsey comes back in Arsene Wenger's going to look to accommodate him in the central midfield I think like Mm. especially having done so well for Wales there and that leaves El Nenny in a bit of an awkward position. El Nenny's kind of one of these guys who, any time he plays, you feel like he could partner anybody, really. He's very yeah. versatile. Yeah. He offers options. He came on on the flank, I think, at Hull the other day and sort of you know, played from there a little bit. I, I think he's a really good player. But to be honest, I think 
with, I think he probably is a kind of a great squad player. You know, I think that's probably his position. He's someone who can fill in, who's a very good continuity player, but he hasn't got the individual quality of a Ramsey, a Cazorla, uh, or even a Shaka. So yeah. he's, he's going to have to bide his time for uh, true, me. True, true. But you know what I like is that we have a player like El Nenny who, like, this is, our, this is our cover, this is our depth. This is our quality for the season. This is this is a guy that we're going to use a lot. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play a, a fairly significant part in what we do this season. And that when we need to rest Ramsey or Jaco or Cazorla, and maybe with Coquelin out for a little while with his injury, he might get a bit more time. But the idea that you can call on somebody of the quality of of El Neni is absolutely fantastic. Because yeah, you know, I, I agree. It, it used to be. It used to be a bit different, or we would we would say we need more depth in midfield. We need we need greater quality. Well, uh, and I think I think that that yeah, to Nielsen, yeah, I think that having someone like El Neni, assuming he's relatively happy to play that role, I, I think it's fantastic for the squad. This is what we've all wanted. When you have a big squad with lots of good players, there's competition, and not every not everyone can play every week. And that's the reality of it. So to have that kind of quality as backup, I think, is fantastic. Yeah, I think any... I mean, they were both great servants to the club, but I think that any way you slice it, Xhaka and Elneny are an upgrade in quality over Flamini and Arteta. Certainly in terms of where they were at the back end of their Arsenal career. Sure. And I think as well, it's kind of interesting, you know, Elneny's been kept around... Um, at a time when Jack Wilshire hasn't because, you know, he, he's, his fitness record is really good. He's available. He's, he's a very consistent, reliable player. Yeah, he's like a 7 out of 10 guy every time he plays. Yeah. He never really has a bad game. Uh, sometimes he can get you, like he got the great goal in Barcelona, um, which was a, a fantastic debut goal. Uh, yeah. We talked about that last week. Yeah, indeed. Remember? And we forgot Reyes. We forgot like, Jose Reyes We had about 7,000 yeah. tweets going, Reyes against Chelsea. <laughs> um, but, you know, he is he's that. He's like a 7 out of 10. Sometimes he give you 8, 9 out of 10. But he never dips below that 7. And I think it's very interesting what you're saying about Jack Wilshire, that Arsene Wenger has been prepared to let Jack Wilshire go, uh, even if it is for just a season. And he's kept on many... Uh, because he knows what he can get from him. I think it's a great forward step. You think over the last 10 years, like we've had times where our midfield cover has been guys like Diaby, guys like Wilshere. You never even knew if they were going to be fit, let alone if they'd perform. To have people like Xhaka and Elneny waiting in the wings now yeah. really speaks to the position great. strength we're in. Great. Curtis, let's do it. Hello. Hello. Uh, my name is Curtis Powers, long-time listener. Oh, hi, hi. And, and though I've been a little bit let down after seeing your hairlines, <laughs> um, I still would like to ask you this question. You were, uh, you were mentioning... This is my own personal question. Uh, uh, you're cheating, man. I You've am got cheating. The mic. But I have a guest next who's going to ask a question. You were mentioning Aaron Ramsey, and uh, I was having a conversation with my oh, friend Jesus. Jessica back there yesterday. What's going on? Thank you. No, it's oh. shots. Uh, sorry, a man just brought shots. Uh. Shots have arrived. Uh, Aaron Ramsey suddenly, uh, it's, it, there's a, an interesting, maybe you call it a vacuum, something like that. He's, uh, he's, he's definitely been very quiet in the social medias in, the refer, uh, uh, in reference to the arsenal. Right. Uh, and uh, do you think that the, uh, the uh, reinforcement that's been, that's been put in, do you think that uh, he thinks he's on his way out or what? All right, interesting. Um, Someone asked me this yesterday in the bar. They were like, Aaron Ramsey couple of years left on his contract. Is he yeah. going to sign a new deal? What do you think? I don't know. It's interesting. Um, you know, when a player tells 
the manager at halftime that he's got a hamstring injury and is still sent out for the second half and then aggravates that hamstring injury, injury and hasn't played since, you might, under, you might feel like he's got a bit of a case to, to be a bit unhappy about certain mm. things. The only thing I'd say about that, though, is that Arsene Wenger really loves Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. He loves him. So if there's a way of getting Ramsey in his team, he's going to do it for the most part. So I think for a player, the, the fact that a manager is into you and what you do is, is the most significant thing. And maybe Ramsey has gone quiet on social media because every time he posts something, there's a lot of cunts who just tell him to fuck off and I hope you break your leg again. Yeah. You know, so I think that, that might be part of it as well, that you don't tend to use those platforms when you're you're getting roundly <laughs> abused it's very interesting i mean he's such a good player but like lots of people don't like him they don't like what he does or they don't quite know how he fits into the team but but everyone loved him two years ago yeah well remember that goal he scored in uh in may 2014 very much this so. is a guy who scored what 16 goals that season and won us the fa cup the first trophy we had in like a decade nine or ten years yeah. you know so <laughs> so I, I, I wouldn't have too many concerns I, I think he's a guy at some point in his career who's going to want to play somewhere else he hasn't made much secret of that has he yeah, I think he's, he's on record play abroad, he'd like maybe. to play in Spain or. like if he goes to Spain or Italy or goes to Juventus or some team in Spain I don't think we're going to have any problem with that it's when they go to Manchester United or Chelsea or things like that you're like uh, yeah. fuck I, that guy I don't see that happening but I think he'll be around a while yeah I think uh, yeah I think you're right Arsenal's a big admirer and when, when you think about that great season he had 2013-2014 he was playing predominantly central midfield alongside Mikel Arteta yeah and I, I, ever since Jack has been bought I, I kind of feel like Wenger has it in mind that he could play that kind of Arteta role next yeah, to Ramsey. It feels like that's the long-term plan yeah. is Xhaka and Ramsey to, to be the, the base of the Arsenal midfield. So if you've got, I mean, you think about it, Xhaka, Ramsey and Mesut Ozil ahead of them, that is really fantastic midfield trio. Assuming that those, assuming that Ram, I mean, the thing about Ramsey is he, he's a bit Goldilocks, right? Right. And that he needs to have the right partner. He, he, you know, there are some players that he can he can't, uh, he can't really click with, you know. Uh, no. Like Coquelin's porridge is too, too cold. And Flamini's is too hot. Flamini's is too hot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, you're conjuring some real images there, Andrew, about what happens in the dressing room. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I don't want to send people down a porridge rabbit hole or anything. But, uh, you know, no, <laughs> I won't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I think that, that Xhaka certainly has the sort of quality that Ramsey could click with in a, in a very big way. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Let's do it. All right, so next we have uh, Nalish, originally from Chandigarh, India, now from the planet Brooklyn. Planet Brooklyn or planet Pluto. We got, we got, apparently we got to do these shots. Uh, Hang on, man, we got right, to do let's shot. do it. Okay. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks for coming. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus. No difficult questions, guys, okay? You, you guys good now? <laughs> yeah, let's have a next question. Last night is coming back to me in a really big and visceral way here. <laughs> so, surprisingly, we've been uh, awarded a lot of penalties this season. It's already five in, like, six games. So, and some of them have been a bit dodgy. So, do you have any five penalty takers from Arsenal who you think maybe could take it in the next shootout? 
So who's going to take the penalties? If there's a shootout, who are the five oh, players? Oh, who's shootout. the five? five? Okay, so, all right, who who would be your five? Okay. Uh, well, let's have Cazorla. Not Ozil yeah, not, not Ozil. Alexis. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're brilliant but really shit at penalties. I might still have Alexis in my five, no. though. Who have you got in your five? Who have I got in my five? I'd have Cazorla. He's not, he doesn't assert himself, but he should be... Cazorla, Giroud, who's a good penalty taker. Xhaka, uh, I think, is a good shout. Xhaka, who, who missed, he missed one in, though, the Euro- in the Euros, yeah. In the European Championships. I would maybe have, I would have El Neni as a penalty taker. It was very interesting, wasn't it, to watch, like, when he first arrived, um, El Neni was taking corners. Mm. It wasn't Cazorla, well, Cazorla might have been out, Nozil, I don't know, but El Neni was taking corners. So obviously he's got, like, a, he's got good delivery from a dead ball situation. Um, you know, I, I always like uh, I always like a right back who can take a penalty. Lee Dixon used to take the penalties for Arsenal back in the day, and he was very good. So I'd like to see Hector take a penalty. I think I think I'd trust Hector to take a penalty. Um, and who else would I have? Who would be my fifth? Um, Ramsey, Theo, uh, what? Check uh, Peter Check. <laughs> <laughs> I love a goalie taking a penalty. So that would much be fun. fantastic. Who was the goalkeeper? He was like Colombian or one of those guys. Chilever. I used to take free kicks. Yeah, there's been a few. There's he used a Brazilian to, he guy like as well. Fifty free kicks in his career. It was great. Yeah. Mon- Mondragon. Mondragon was, that, that was a Colombian. Okay, so who would be my fifth? Do we have to look at the Arsenal squad? Let's. This is where we fr- we furiously Google. This is the bit you guys. This is the bit we cut out usually. <laughs> we just leave. We the, play the music. Da, 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 da. Uh, okay, so I've got Cazorla. I've got who else have I got? I've forgotten already. Giroud, Cazorla, Giroud, Bellerin, El Neni, and I would, I would give it to Iwobi. Really? Yeah. Iwobi would be good. You haven't I got Giroud in there, you know. I have got Giroud. Oh, have you? Yeah. I think. Um, Are you drunk or something? I think so. <laughs> Uh, Lucas Perez took penalties for Deadpool. Oh, it's a good, good penalty against... Uh, and a good penalty against Forrest. Yeah. So my five, if anyone is interested, <laughs> would be uh, Cazorla, Xhaka, Giroud, Perez, Alexis, I think. Alexis? Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a risk. Do you? Yeah. Maybe in a shootout. Didn't he, like, score a Panenka in a shootout to win the Copa America? So he's got some... You've got some balls when it matters. Everybody misses, guys. Everybody yeah. misses. I don't. I don't. You've never missed. No, I have. Yeah, I've missed one. <laughs> one penalty. But yeah. So that's okay. Well, those are five. Curtis, what are we doing? Yeah, we got Killian, originally from Dublin, now a New York City native. Here we go. Hey, Killian. Hey there. Talking to you. Hello. Hi. Uh, hi. Um, <laughs> I'm going to cheat and ask, too. First, why don't we have a better Xhaka song? And second, is Giroud ever starting again? Right, good well, question. Well, we know what the Shaka song should be. Shaka Khan? No, the Badger song. Oh, the Badger. Shaka, 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 Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time before that song takes off, really. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so catchy and It's got and all the hallmarks of a great chant. <laughs> and is Giroud ever going to start again? Yeah. But I think there's something going on. I don't. I think Arsene Wenger is doesn't like his new beard. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not like the guy from uh, Philadelphia there. <laughs> but it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, one day. It's getting there. But it, it, does look, it does look a bit... He's a bit like Rasputin mm. with, the, with the new beard. And he was an evil fucker. And maybe Arsene Wenger looks at him and goes... Like, Giroud is so handsome, but now he's making himself look deliberately evil. Yeah. I don't know if I can trust him anymore. He's got a toe injury. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I, I think obviously he's a guy that Arsene Wenger has relied on a great deal. But um, when you look back at the, the transfer windows, he's pretty much always tried to buy a striker. He's always, he tried to buy Suarez, he tried to buy Benzema, he's tried to buy a striker in pretty much every transfer window, Higuain. summer transfer window, that, uh, that, that Giroud has been at the club. So he brought Welbeck in, of course. So, look, I think, he's, I think Giroud's a, a good player, 20-goal-a-season uh, striker. It's not bad, is it? It's not bad at all. It's not yeah. bad. I you know, he has, he has his limitations, and everyone knows what the limitations are. But if you're looking for Giroud to score 40, 50 goals a season, you're always going to be disappointed. It's a bit like when you, you discover what we look like. Yeah. It ruins it. <laughs> it completely ruins the podcast. I th- I th- <laughs> it does. It can ruin it for you. I think Giroud's a great guy to have in the squad. I mean, even to have on the bench you know, yesterday, to have him to bring on, he still offers something different. And you wouldn't want a squad without him. You wouldn't want only yeah. Alexis, only Lucas. You want to have that variety. Yeah. I don't know. I think he will start games. I think there's even a chance, there might be a chance that he starts in, in midweek against Basel just because Basel, I think yeah. they'll change the team round. Oh, Heck. red card. Oh, he can no start. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's not. Um, so maybe Lucas will get a game. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But I, uh, I think it's really important to, to keep Giroud around. But I also think that I hope, I hope in some ways that the team has evolved past him being a, a constant present. I think they'll be games where he's used I think he'll play in cup matches I think there'll be certain matches where they want a bit more physical presence maybe but I think that the the default setting of the team mm. may now change to be without him it'll be Alexis or, yeah. or Lucas or, and when he comes back uh, potentially Danny Welbeck if he yeah. ever can stay fit please I, like, I, I think there's I think like Welbeck for me is a guy who could like if it clicks for Welbeck He's got it all, doesn't he? He's got the pace, yeah. the power, the, the finishing ability. If he could get a run in the team in his right position, a lot of the times he was playing sort of off the left. Um, but yeah, I, I really thought in the spring when he was sort of starts, you know, came back and scored a few goals, I really thought it was going to happen for him there. So unfortunate to go down with another injury. But you just worry for him because that's so much football missed in the last two years. Um, but fingers crossed he can get back. Fingers crossed. At Christmas. Right. And Let's surely the only one. thing we're missing is a Lord Bentner, obviously. Oh, yeah, well, obviously. He, he is, in fairness, the greatest striker that ever, ever lived. Any team would miss him. Uh, next up, we've got a guy who just introduced, him, uh, introduced himself to me as Bad Luck. Uh, his name is Steve from Baltimore. Bad Luck. <laughs> I'm usually Bad Luck when I go to bars and watch Arsenal. Yesterday was the first break in my luck. All right, well, I'm glad. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, you know how James feels. <laughs> uh, I think my timing might be good since you guys have had the shots. Uh, one of the things about your show that I think is underappreciated is your acting prowess. Uh, you, can, you can embody anyone at any given time. And I'm wondering, since you've had the shots, if you could do a reprise of Overmars and Parler at the social club. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! What was that? Over Mars and Ray Parlor. I don't even remember what happened. 
I don't remember the context of that either because a, a lot of times people say, remember that thing you did on the podcast? And I go, no. <laughs> I kind of forget. I was high language. on jam, guys. I don't know what I was talking about. What, what, was, what was the Overmars thing? What was it? It was Overmars and Ray Parler going, going to a nightclub for something? Yeah. Do you remember? remember? No. Ray Parler was like, what, mate? <laughs> oh, I got a fucking... Oh, it was a social club. Yeah. It, was, it was Ray Parler said that Mark Overmars used to go to, like, the, the, the local... What, what, what do you call them? Like, um, like a social club, not a bar. Uh, working man's club. A working man's club kind ah. of thing. I think it was that. And it was Overmars used to go with him. So I don't know if it, maybe we should do Overmars and, and Parlor in, in, in New York. In New York. In New York. Yeah. How do, how do I, we don't do know, I don't know what this is going to be. Ray, Ray, I, 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 I need a slice of pizza. <laughs> I'm in New York. I, I got to get some pizza, Ray. Where was Mark Overmars from? I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere. I go. It, it, it ends up being like uh, South African. If I do uh, Dutch, it ends up South African. Yeah, okay. So and I then Ray Parler's like, "All right, mate, what's All it right, like? I'll fucking smash your face!" I'm fucking heavy, you cunt. <laughs> what's your fucking bat, you Dutch cunt? You I'll fucking heavy, son. <laughs> oh no, you're my mate. You're my mate. Oh yeah, I love you, mate. I love you, Mark. I love you. Yeah, maybe we should just both be Ray Parler. Yeah, I think it'd be better. <laughs> we can do that accent for we one. We could do that. That'd be a while. Yeah, yeah. Give us a fucking shot, mate. I think the, the conclusive answer to can we do a prize of it is no. Yeah. <laughs> we don't we, remember it and we can't do the voice. We can't do it. It's, it's just terrible. It's lovely it's that terrible. you enjoyed it first time around. <laughs> well, well, that's good. That's good. Uh, who, I don't know. Who else could we do? Uh, Arshavin? I could do Arshavin. You could do Arshavin. Arshavin. Andre. Andre, are you you? Yeah, okay, you. you Andre, uh, what? Um, Andre, uh, how have you been keeping since you left Arsenal? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Life is so hard here in Russia. Is uh, not enough money to have pies, <laughs> and I, I love pies. It's great, but here I don't have pies. What What are you doing? Are you still playing football? Or have you moved into another line of work? I am a children's television presenter. <laughs> I do show with uh, with with dog. <laughs> what does the dog do? He uh, humps my leg. Right, <laughs> and it's a children's show. Uh, yes, <laughs> mostly so, for children or mostly people for children. who also like children in a oh. special way. <laughs> have we gone to uh, another shot, please? I got to have. Yeah. Okay, I think well, I think we'll leave I that think one we there. should <laughs> knock this on the head. No, honestly, more, please more don't. <laughs> More vodka, please. Let's, I think let's, we should let's move quickly on. have another question. Yeah, yeah. please. Uh, football question. <laughs> Next up, we've got uh, Kai from Connecticut. Hi. Hello. Hey, gents. Uh, so, so good to see your, your mugs here. Oh, thank you. Um, I was going to throw you a curveball, but given all the hilarities <laughs> and all that, I think we're in the mood for something easy. So here's one. Uh, double-sided question. One, what's the biggest surprise of the season so far? And I know we only have had what six games that's uh three nineteenths of the season whatnot okay uh so what, what was uh seventy percent whatever uh so here's the thing the biggest surprise so far going into this season other than awesome actually spending some money <laughs> and two what's the uh, what's the opposite what's the oh my god there we go again <laughs> right the biggest surprise I mean, we touched on it earlier, but I have to say, Theo Walcott's form is really up there for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
And I think Arsene Wenger, to his credit, said in the summer, you will see a different Theo Walcott next season. I mean, he may have said that every summer for the last few years, I forget. But this year it feels true, and he's... He signed a new contract relatively recently, so yeah. it's not that. He's not playing for a new deal. I think... Yes. And it could be just the, it could be the shot shots. talking yeah, yeah. here. But I think that, that Arsene Wenger lured Theo Walcott into that room where they made Thomas Rosicki sign his contracts. Do you remember that room? They would <laughs> sh- it's, it's like a, a dungeon. It's like where someone like Joseph Fritzl would keep, you know... That's, that's the room. So they would take... They took Rosicki and they put Theo Walcott in there. They brought Steve Bold in. Right. And Steve Bold said, Mate, I'm going to have to fuck you up. <laughs> I, if you don't, like, just get the finger out, I am gonna, I'm going to loaf you. I'm going to just, like, headbutt you till you cry. Right, okay. And to his credit... Theo Walcott has, has responded well to that. I mean, who, who wouldn't, to be honest? I mean, honest? who wouldn't, yeah. I mean, I, I would. I know I definitely would. Uh, I think that's right about Walcott. I think he's the biggest surprise because when you get to 27 years old and you're looking at a guy who hasn't really made the progress you think and then he, he's just... I mean, all it is is work rate and effort. And people appreciate that. And I think what drove people mad was that, you know, he's got the ability. We see him do... Do you remember the game against... Actually, it was another 3-0 or 3-1 win against Chelsea a couple yeah, of years ago. I remember that. He scored in that game. 3-1, and he scored, and he was fucking brilliant. And it was one of those games where we go, that's the blueprint game for mm. Arsenal. Play like that every single week, and Theo Walcott should play like that every single week. And then, you know, of course we don't. Um, I, I just think that people can see that if he really puts the effort in, he can be a very productive player. I it's, think that's when, the, it's when he allows games to pass him by, it dr- drives you mad, you know? I think that's the only note of caution you'd sound, is that, you know, we talk about that United game a year ago, and he was absolutely outstanding yeah. that day, but by the end of the season, you know, couldn't get a kick, and when he did play, was in really poor form, so... It's all about sustaining it for Theo now. Like he's, he's started the season really well. That Chelsea game was particularly good. Can he keep that going over yeah. a period of months? And also, can he stay fit? Because sure. you know, he's a, cl- a classic Arsenal player who suffered with loads of injury problems. What's the thing that hasn't surprised you? The thing that makes you go, oh, God, here we go again. That's, we've seen that before. Oh, oh, only the opening day of the season, because that was yeah. kind of what I feared. Maybe I mean, someone said Ox... And, yeah, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has really struggled for form. You know, he doesn't look quite like a player who's on, you know, uh, on the same wavelength as, as the rest of it. But he's still got two goals, which is more than he got last season. I think he got one goal last season. You know, he scores goals in pretty slow. So maybe I'm, I'm kind of hoping that the goal he scored against Hull will bring him around and, and restore his confidence. I think he's completely a confidence player. Mm. I think... Uh, he's, he's ruined by his intelligence in a way. I think he understands when he doesn't play well, and I think he understands when he doesn't do things right. And you can see it in his face. That but, like, like Walcott, when he does something wrong, he just kind of goes... <laughs> you know, he just kind of, ah, oh, fuck it. You know, I'll, I'll get another chance. But, but Oxlade-Chamberlain, it, it sort of gets into his mind a bit, I think. There was a piece on Arsenal.com the other day. It was an interview with Oxlade-Chamberlain, and he said... I, you know, I take my career really seriously. Every game, I go home and I immediately watch the match and I analyse exactly what I've done wrong. And I was just reading it being like, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
like <laughs> that feels like where he's going wrong you know he's yeah. sort of too intense and dude get of, some Netflix and like binge yeah. watch some shit honestly yeah <laughs> I think we should instead. make him play drunk I think Oxlade Chamberlain should do shots before he goes on <laughs> I think that would instill in him the self-belief he needs yeah, yeah, to carry absolutely. off being an awesome absolutely. player absolutely alright Curtis and uh, speaking of shots are being served by the NYPD right now oh <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Are we going to get arrested if we don't do this? <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. This is the law. Oh, my God. We must God. abide. Uh, now? Yeah. Aww. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Yeah! <laughs> okay. And, uh, oh, my God. Next up, we've got Mike, also from the planet Brooklyn. All right, Mike. Yo, Brooklyn. What's right. up? <laughs> <laughs> Well, first off, let me say thank you guys for coming out here, man. This shit is so dope. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, guys. And also, uh, Andrew's birthday is tomorrow. And also, (laughs) my cousin Sean's birthday is tomorrow, too. And also, my homeboy with the beard. Birthday is so It's his birthday today. This guy here with the beard. Happy birthday. We're not going to sing to you, though. So, naturally, we should sing a happy birthday. No. To all right now. No, let him ask his question. Right come on, now. Come on. No, let him ask his question. After the question. Happy. No singing. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy all right, come on. Yo. <laughs> My question is about Metsud Ozil. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Player. I think I think I've heard of him. He's like a 10 for Arsenal. He's a German. Um, well, the thing is, people hate on him so much. Like, when he makes those, he scored. And he kicked it down to the floor. And that was on purpose, in my opinion. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like he does it all the time. Like, he's always trying to, like, kick it down on those volleys. Sure. But, like, a lot of players, they try to kick it and they sky it. Stick it over the bar. Yo, is he doing that on purpose or not? Or is he scuffing it? Because that's what all the announcers say. They're like, oh, oh Mesut Ozil, he scuffed sure. that shot. Or did he put it down to the floor on purpose because he's fucking bomb? And people <laughs> hate on him all the fucking time. I, I think he has. I, I think he has the technique and the ability to do that if he wants to. I'm not necessarily convinced that he wanted to do that yesterday, even though it turned out, it turned out really well. I don't really understand why people like have a problem with Mesut Ozil when you look at uh, what he does, how he does it, um, like a player of that, like. Do you ever, like, I guess most of you guys would have played football at some point in your lives, and you kind of, you kind of think, I'm all right, I'm quite good at football, Mm -hmm. I I could do this, I'm I'm, I'm good, and then you play against someone and you go, oh, for fuck's sake, (laughs) this guy... This is like ridiculous. How can he do this? And this is a guy that I'm playing five-a-side against in Dublin, right? He's not a guy who's playing fucking 11-a-side. So the guys that actually... There's a great bit from, from uh, Nick Hornby's book, Fever Pitch. And he talks about, he talks about Gus, Gus Caesar, who was a, a defender for Arsenal back in the 80s and the, and the early 90s, and who is roundly seen as a figure of fun as a kind of a joke character because, uh, because he, you know, he made some high-profile mistakes, and that, that's fair enough. But the thing he said in the book is, like, this guy was the best guy that you ever played football against. He was the best guy at football in your school. He was the best guy at football in your neighborhood. He yeah, was, sure. like, brilliant. Everyone knew him. And then when you get to the really, really top level, 
maybe some of your weaknesses get exposed. Uh, and I think we kind of forget that. And you look at someone like Mesut Ozil, who's got like this amazing technique and ability. And, uh, the, you know, he's not a guy who's necessarily going to control a game, but he can provide moments in a game that, that can change them. You know, and I think, I think you're, you, yesterday he played uh, amazingly well. He scored a goal. And you made the point earlier that, you know, he's, he's not the guy who's making the assists so mm. far this season. And I think that's a really positive thing because at some point he is going to be that guy. And he's just fucking brilliant. I don't know how you can look at him and just not like what he does. He's yeah. fucking, he's great. He, he, he makes uh, international class footballers feel like you on that five-a-side pitch yeah. in Dublin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is amazing, really, the golfing ability, like, t- at that level. Yeah, because I'm be... really good at five-a-side. <laughs> <laughs> you are quite good, to be fair. Um, but uh, I think, like, uh, as for the shot yesterday, I would believe he meant it if I if he was a slightly better finisher. The, the, most, <laughs> the most fascinating thing about Mesut Ozil is that he's the most extraordinary footballer who struggles slightly in front of goal. I yeah. cannot fathom or understand why that is, genuinely. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean... I, I mean not He's a, a very generous <laughs> and giving guy. He prefers assists. Yeah, he does. He loves, he loves to make an assist, but, um, you know, he, he, he should be a guy who could get 10 or 15 goals a season. Like, yeah. easily, with the technique and the position that he plays in, he should be able to score 10 or 15 goals. But maybe the team... I, I think what was really interesting, I know you didn't see the, uh, the Watford game live, but I, uh, the goal that he scored against Watford was, it was absolutely fantastic because we sort of look, look at Alexis and go, oh, Jesus, why, we don't have a focal point. He's drifted out of, but, but Ozil was a guy who got into the space that Alexis had vacated. And I think he, he really does have a desire to get forward and to score goals. When you think about a lot of the goals that he scores, um, like that one where he made the break yesterday, but there was a really good diving header, wasn't there, in the Champions League last season or the season before? And he's, he's quite brave and he's willing to put himself out there in the final third. Um, so maybe with Alexis playing centre-forward, it gives Ozil the chance to, to score more goals. I think he has to. I think the responsibility is there. If Alexis is going to drift wide or drop deep, the guys like Iwobi, Walcott, Ozil, they have to be in that penalty box. And if he sees that responsibility, two goals already is a, a decent start if he can get to double figures this season yep that'd that be would brilliant. be good yeah that'd be great alright the icing on the cake alright who have we got and uh, as I said the planet Brooklyn is massive and we have Seth here from the planet Brooklyn hey guys hey um, hey so we were talking about Mesut Ozil's goal just now um, I don't know if you saw it but after he scored that goal uh, Shkodron Mustafi tugged on his ear and <laughs> I wanted to know what what you think Mustafi was telling Ozil in that moment, but with with, with the, the very generous pull on on the lobe. So what did he do? Just like pull his ear like that? No, he scored the goal. So Mustafi's like, "Oh, that's what you Ah, I think it's probably a German thing. <laughs> Do we have any Germans in who can translate? <laughs> I don't. I don't quite know what it was, but obviously, obviously, their their teammates uh, on the national team. Um, and you know, I'm, there's a part of me that's really glad we brought in Mustafi because it's sort of it's a little bit of it's a little bit of glue for Ozil at Arsenal, right? Because yeah. he's got he's got Murder Sacker. 
But Mertesacker's future is a little bit uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen if he's going to get a new contract. Podolski went. Podolski and Gnabry went. Podolski obviously has got a tremendous uh, career as an Instagram uh, guru. Yeah, sure. It's it's fantastic uh, what he's done for himself after football. Uh, (laughs) But I I think just having someone like that uh, who has that connection with Ozil, so he's not sort of like, like Ozil strikes you as a kind of guy who's a little bit, a little bit insular, who kind of needs people around him a bit. Um, I mean, the best news in some ways of the summer was that Crystal Palace did us all a favour and signed Matthew Flamini. Yeah, so he stays in London. To keep him around. Ozil's best buddy. Yeah, imagine if he'd gone... Imagine if, like, if Fenerbahce... He'd Bache, yeah, exactly. If he'd gone to Fenerbahce, Ozil would be going, I'm afraid the lure of Turkey is too much. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to the land of my forefathers and Flamini. Yeah. If Barcelona really wanted Ozil, they would <laughs> yeah, have paid big money Flamini. for Flamini yeah. this summer. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think that's good. That's good about Mustafi. Yeah. And, uh, as well, Xhaka is a German speaker, too, so maybe that'll yeah. be a, yeah. a nice little... We've, we've got to build a little posse around him. Yeah, we? exactly. You know... He, because yeah. those contract negotiations are happening right now. Right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually relatively confident that Ozil will sign a new contract. I think, I think he will. I think he will, yeah. I think he will. Alexis, I'm not so sure, but uh, Ozil, I think, yeah. <laughs> as, for the, as for the pulling of the ear, I don't know. I guess Mustafi was saying, I told, I told you to hit it into the ground before yeah. the game. <laughs> That's the German for the I secret. told you I had to hit it into the, the ground. Yeah. The secrets are uh, scoring. Good. So we'll see. All right, let's do another one. Uh, next up is uh, my friend and the co-founder of Arsenal in New York City, Brett Chase. Hey. Hello. Thank you, thank you. Uh, gentlemen, given the, uh, the expectation of them at the time, in the Wenger era, who are your most unexpected successes and biggest disappointments as players? Okay. And oh. uh, now that you're nice and lubricated, if uh, James, you could do that in the uh, in Arsene Wenger's voice, <laughs> that'd just be super. Look, uh, uh, yes, why not? Uh. <laughs> Who uh. is the big disappointment? Look, uh, we made some good signings. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, I'll tell you what, unexpected success. Given that I had literally never ever heard of him, I didn't even know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> By the way, it's it's more. Uh, it's just a really shit French accent. Yeah, Philippe Auclair's <laughs> voice. It's just a French accent. Uh, okay. 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 Look. Uh, Look. Uh, given that uh, we paid uh, no money for him, and uh, we had not heard of him at all. Uh, Look, I would have to say, Colotouré. Colo Torre. Colo Torre. Honestly, who had heard? I mean, uh, anyone who says they'd heard of Colo Torre when we signed him, anyone who knew we'd signed him is lying, I suspect. Yeah. It was very much under the radar. He came in. He, I remember his debut as a midfielder. I think it was against Chelsea away. Yeah. Took a shot from like 50 yards. I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but I like him. <laughs> and he went on to become centre-back in a team that went through the season unbeaten. It was an unbelievable transformation. And he was... I've never only Santi Cazorla can really rival Colo Torre as a lovable footballer I suspect like he yeah. was adorable like he had such enthusiasm and uh, yeah I thought given that we paid I think about 200 grand or something like that 250,000 pounds I think that's that's got to be up there yeah um, Colo Torre is, yeah 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 fantastic I mean I remember when I was living in Barcelona at the time and the idea that he was going to play 
Colo Toure and Saul Campbell as centre halves. Like, imagine. Doing it's like that him now. announcing now that the Jeff is going to play centre back next yeah. to Kachalny. <laughs> yeah. And people will be going, oh, you're fucking nuts. Yeah. You're mad. Yeah. Colo Toure is a great one, actually. I've got a list of players here under Arsene Wenger that I'm, I'm looking up and just seeing who, who would have been the best and who would have been a, a disappointment. Do you know what? You know what's always intrigued me is the life of a second-choice goalkeeper. Yeah. Like, the, they choose to be someone who sits on the bench. So Stuart Taylor, who played in the Invincible season and has spent his entire life as a, as a substitute goalkeeper when he could have easily played first-team football. That's somewhere. very true. I find that kind of stuff a, a, a little bit difficult to get my head around. In terms of disappointment, I would actually say... Although he made a tremendous impact when he first signed, I was really disappointed ultimately with how the signing of Arshavin turned out. Yeah. Because I've never, I, I was so excited when he joined. He'd had this incredible time with Russia and with Zenit. And in his first six months, he was uh, electric, wasn't he? He scored mm. four goals at Anfield, was yeah. absolutely inspiring and really helped us in that second half of the campaign, but just fell off a cliff, really, in terms of his performance. And mm. I just like cake. Yeah. <laughs> That was the issue, really. So I think he was a... I had really high expectations for Ashavin, and he didn't deliver. So that would be... Yeah. That would be my... Yeah, yeah. In, in terms of the money, like, some, t- some of them are a bit strange, aren't they? You look at someone like Skrilacci, and, you know, he came in, and he's uh, not a big signing, but he should have been able to be better than he was. Like, I, I'm, I'm really... I like Peter Cech a great deal, but I'm really sorry that Chesney fucked it up the way he did like I, I love Chesney I love that he hates Spurs I love that he'll take the piss out of them he's got he's a goalkeeper with personality and you know people always talk about goalkeepers being a bit mad mm. so I was I was a bit sorry that, that Chesney never made it to be honest well I mean he played 200 games for us so it's not like he didn't make it but like he, it always felt like he had the potential to be like the number one at Arsenal for years and years and years and I'm a bit sorry that didn't and do you happen. think that's over now do you think that's done yeah yeah, really? I think so. I think so. I know that when they, the initial loan to Roma was made with the door open so that he could come back, um, that maybe he'd come to a crossroads in his career. They didn't want to get rid of him. And I think now that he's got Czech and Ospina, he had no choice other than to loan him out again. I don't think he, I don't think he really wants to sell him. So we'll have to see. Maybe the door is not fully closed, but it looks like it's going to be difficult. And a couple of other disappointments, just in terms of what they showed early on. I don't. I mean, the disappointment about the career of Abu Dhabi, I think, is still a massive mm. thing. Like his, that's a shame. Obviously, was, it was injured. His and, potential is yeah. incredible. And also, um, Nicholas Bentner promised me he'd be the best striker <laughs> in the world. So <laughs> something obviously went awry there. But no, in fairness, like. Bentner had it. He had what it takes to be like a really good, a really good striker. Bye. <laughs> Get well soon. That was too much for some people. The suggestion that Bentner, no, Bentner ha- could have been great. Leaving. Fuck this. I'm yeah. out of here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, yeah. Look, there was a lot of really talent. Uh, look, for me as well, um, Sesk, I'm, I was so sorry that, that it, it, it didn't go the way it should have gone. Um, and there were obviously many reasons, and I'm not going to get into them, but I would have loved Sesk to be a guy who, who captained Arsenal to, to like a major trophy. And people look at him now at Chelsea, and I know that like people will call him a snake and they'll do whatever, but like he really loved Arsenal. Like he was a guy that loved Arsenal, 
in a really big way. I mean, he read Arse Blog, so <laughs> he, he, he knew what it was about. And I think, uh, obviously, circumstances were a bit different. I would have I really liked if, if the Sesk era had brought us a bit more success, but there you go. All right. Well, next, All right. next up, we have Stephen from the island of Manhattan. Oh, that's a good island. Hey, guys. I know going? it. Um, uh, love the show. Thanks again for coming. Um, my question is, uh, with the, uh, the arrival of Shaka, is uh, Giroud's place as the most handsome ambassador at the club under threat? Oh. 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 Is, is, is that, the, is that the, the comment held up? Is Shaka a very handsome man? I'm not always very good at this guy. I, I think he's, he's quite handsome. He's young. He's supple. He's lithe. He's got good skin. I'm not that I've been looking much or anything. Yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like <laughs> you, you know what you think. <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, like, we tend, we've had a lot of handsome players. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you ever saw it. I did, like, I did Perez, oh, Thierry Omri. Excuse me just one second. I'm going <laughs> to knock one out here. Um, like, Perez, obviously. We, I did this thing, <laughs> Arteta. I, I did this thing on, on the uh, Arsblog News site a couple of years ago where we did face swaps. So I swapped players' faces around. And the, the, the Giroud Vermalen face swap is... It's, it's so beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> we need to convince them to breed. It's just like, oh my God, those cheekbones... Cheekbones everywhere. Hang on, I'll, 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 I'll get it up. I'll, get uh, it. I'll, I'll bring it up here, I should say. I, 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 I think Giroud... Oh, you get it up. I th- I'm sure it's I in will. your... I have. We, we, we were talking about Perez, so I okay, already am. Yeah. <laughs> I think surely this link's in your bookmarks. <laughs> in your favourites. Um, I think uh, Jacques is a handsome man, but I don't, I don't think he can hold a candle to Giroud for me. I think yeah, Giroud's yeah. still number one. Although I'm not sure the new beard really suits Giroud in the way that the way that it uh, should. Guys, I think you know. I think Aaron Ramsey's a very handsome man. Ramsey is. <laughs> Devil, like Arsene Wenger and Lauren Kasjelny is not a good look, and Carl Jenkinson, Thomas Rosicki is not a good look. Jack Wilshire and Per Mertesacker is genuinely evil. Um, <laughs> but wait till we get to uh, wait till we get to Olivier Vermalen. Look, I mean, yeah, look at Olivier that. Vermalen is a handsome man. Yeah, it's just like oh Jesus. Uh, anyway, so yeah. I, I, I think Shaka's a looker. I think he's a good addition to our stable of good-looking players. No, actually, it's Thomas Giroud. It's not Vermalen. Hang on, what? Yeah, Thomas Giroud. Look at it. Look, it, it's just like, oh my god, that guy's a fucking supermodel. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, no one else can see it, but basically, look what we're that. looking at is a picture of a very handsome man. He, lo- I mean, like, I probably would at this point. Anyway, after two. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, wouldn't, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Still Giroud number one for me. Uh, all right. All right. We got, we got some more? Or, yeah, we uh, got time for about two or three more. Two or three more. Uh, okay. Next, we got Mark here from Connecticut. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for coming out. We're so glad you're here today. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you all for coming as well. And I just want to ask you, aside from sending over the Arsenal NYC Brigade to fill up the clock end, what do you think it's going to take to turn the Emirates in some place that people are afraid to come to? We're going to hear more about that and less about the Prawn Sandwich Brigade. That is a really interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. I think, you know, I think there's a difficulty, isn't there, with just the modern, the way the football is these days. Um, Highbury was 
the stadium built in what 1913 and developed over the years and uh, traditionally English and and the Emirates is obviously very different it's set up very differently I mean look at West Ham West Ham played today beaten heavily at home again by Southampton transitioning to a new stadium is really hard and these modern grounds I just don't think create the same kind of atmosphere. It's it's really difficult. It is difficult. I mean, people always said that with the Emirates, you needed, like Arsenal needed some success to make the Emirates feel like home. And and there has been a bit of that, certainly in terms of the, the FA Cups. But you win the FA Cup at Wembley, which is much, much worse than the Emirates. It's a terrible, terrible place. Uh, like, no, going there to watch Arsenal win the FA Cup is cool, but like... They like serenade you before the game with really loud music and they don't allow any natural atmosphere to build. Um, but maybe it'll take something like winning the league. Out of, you know, but the thing is, when we've won the league, we've won it away from home a lot, right? Yeah. So we win it at Old Trafford or we win it at White Hart Lane, which was, which was amazing. That's um, true, but if you and, and that was great, and we had the inflatable trophy and parked it in the yeah, middle of White Hart Lane. But you, but but you come home then. You come home for the presentation. Yeah. I still remember Robert Perez getting that sort of everyone bowing down. You know, those we're iconic, not worthy. Those iconic moments. I do wonder if that is part of the betting in process of the new stadium. Yeah, a little bit, but also because everybody just grew up at Highbury, right? So you're that's that's where you went and that was where everything happened good and bad i mean arsenal in the in the 80s and in the 90s were not very good for long periods you know there were periods when when life uh, was terrible but you kind of hark back to these these halcyon days where you kind of you uh it's where you grew up. It's where you went to your first game. It's where you saw your first Arsenal goal. You saw the first uh, green of the grass and everything else. So you kind of have these evocative memories. And maybe the Emirates doesn't feel like that. And, and of course, the fact that there's a lot of corporate, um, corporate hospitality at these games, it's, uh, it, it does take a little bit away. But, look, you know, you, I, you were there for the Leicester game, right? Yeah last season when Danny Welbeck scored in the last minute and people people say that like there's no atmosphere at the Emirates um like the the aftermath of that goal was really striking and unfortunately we didn't (laughs) go on and and capitalize on that but just that moment it was like the whole stadium was together and I think you need you, you need a bit more of those moments and it's up to the team and it's up to the manager of course to 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 instill that belief in the in the in the fans to a certain extent because you know we're three nil up yesterday at half time and like who here didn't think if we could just get one more <laughs> that would be amazing we'd definitely put it to bed you know so there've been some some dark times as well so i think that that that's been a factor too but look if we if we can win the league and we win a league at the emirates it'll it'll feel great and it'll feel much more like home, I think. I think as well, there have been some sort of tensions between the team and the fans. Is that fair to say? That yeah. like, there's been an element of mistrust from the supporters to the team live in the stadium. You know, when you're there, as soon as a mistake is made, in the past couple of years, there's been a case that it feels like the fans are ready to jump on that straight away. And I think that's a difficult environment to play in. Um, I, I'm not blaming supporters by any means. No, true, but true. I think it takes... I think it takes success to to heal some of those divisions. Yeah, and I but think- like stuff like yesterday will really help. Like yeah. beating because everyone goes, "Oh, Chelsea, we haven't beaten Chelsea in so long," and then you you fucking turn them over, and and that that creates a bit more three nil. And uh, who was that guy, Diego Costa? He was really unhappy, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> 
Uh, he, looked, he looked quite angry and sad. So that all helps. Yeah, that helps. That all so, helps. yeah. All right. Next up, we got Matt from Westchester. Thanks, guys, for taking my question. Um, I guess what, what I'm curious about is you, you, you alluded to this a few minutes ago to do with uh, Sanchez and his contract, right? So as I've watched over the recent years, at times it seemed the case that, um, you know, hell, if we didn't have Ramsey right now, we'd be fucked. Or if we didn't have, you know, there's, there's a, the, the team is better positioned such that um, it's not just down to, say, the two guys who are at, you know, on their day world-class, Ozil and Sanchez. Mm. But, I mean, if they don't sign uh, Sanchez, what are your thoughts there, right? So insofar in, in as the expectations of this room and, and, and Gunners everywhere is not just sort of finishing second. It's going far in Europe and, and trying to win the league. To me, that's a big deal, right? I think... Um I'm worried about Alexis's contract simply because there were a lot of whispers this summer about him potentially going elsewhere. I think he's someone who's played in Spain, he's played in Italy, and I think he was he was pretty happy in, in those places. And it, it, I don't know that there was a bit of disgruntlement from his side. I think about the way things went last season. So, but I personally believe it's incredibly important to keep him, not just for what they contribute on the pitch, but I feel like Özil and Alexis are quite symbolic players, actually, because they're the first players of that ilk, of that calibre that we've been able to bring to the club since we've moved to the Emirates Stadium. And, you know, this summer, we were looking around for a centre-forward like that in that bracket, and you cannot find them. It's so hard and so rare that you get the opportunity to buy a player of that quality. So any, any, any doubt over his future concerns me greatly because he's a match winner and he's shown that time after time. And for, for all the frustrations about him, and I understand that he can be an individualist, he can be selfish, um, but he has such an enormous drive to win and is, is capable of deciding games in the blink of an eye. And uh, it's telling, you know, we talk about the two great performances against Manchester United last year, against Chelsea this year. He was absolutely instrumental in both. So I hope, I hope the club is really prepared to move Helen and Highwater to keep him. They've shown mm. this summer... They'll spend big money to bring players in. They've done that when required. They're going to have to pay big money to keep the likes of Ozil and Alexis. Personally, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I can't agree any more with that. Um, you know, we've made, some, we've made some other signings, like Mustafi is 35 million and uh, Jacques is 35 million, but I think the 35 million on Alexis when it happened is a bit more significant. Uh, and I think when you start attracting players of that caliber to your club, you've got to be able to keep them and you've got to show that you can keep them. And I think we, we could talk about, you know, when we lost players, when we lost the likes of, um, when we lost the likes of uh, Sesk and we lost Van Persie and like Nasri, fuck that guy. What a dick. Um, you know, I, he's not on the same level as those two for me. But what was interesting was that uh, we had to show that we could keep our players and Theo Walcott was a guy who maybe took advantage of that to a certain extent in his contract but we had to show that we could keep players and I think that's the same with Alexis I think it's the same with Ozil that we've, we've got to move uh, hell and high water give them what they want give them the wages they want give them a release clause if they want but show that you can keep them because that's part of uh, showing that you're a big club and that you've got ambition and that you can you can bring more of these guys in so yeah yeah. I think that's it. I think ultimately we're looking to get more players of that caliber yeah. in, not less. You yeah, know? exactly. You and, don't want to uh, let them go. 35 million quid on Alexis. The way the market has escalated yeah. looks like an incredibly good yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bargain. 
So we got time for two more questions, and okay. just to uh, just to paint the picture of the global landscape that is the Arsenal, we have a guest here from Delhi, India, who sports a London football club here in New York to ask a question for the Arse blog. To an Irish guy and an English guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, Hi. First off, I want to say that, uh, James, I came here expecting you to be injured. <laughs> kinda I think we all ho- did. You're looking so fit and healthy, it's kind of ruined my holiday. <laughs> I have to be honest. Uh, but no, I wanted to talk about, I think, I'm not sure if everyone agrees, but in the last couple of years, we've looked a lot better against the top teams. I wouldn't say that that's really done anything for our season, but we've, l- I think the United game last year, and I think two years ago we went to City and just total smash and grab, and everyone was like, this, this is the blueprint for Arsenal, we've got to play like this in away games. Sure. And, I mean, we didn't, but, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've shown that we can blow teams apart on a good day and then kind of sit back. And you guys alluded to this a couple of times today, but I really wish we'd stuck the knife into Chelsea in the second <laughs> half. Yeah, yeah, right. The, uh, I think everyone wanted that little bit of revenge, or at least closure. So how much of that do you think is down to the manager and him just being a little afraid of being burnt because we saw him putting Gibbs on? And how much is down to the players? And the second part would be more of a personal question of like, so the first is, why don't you think we do that? Is it tactical or is it the players' minds? And the second is, how much do you want to see that happen? Or are you happy with the way it is? How um, much do we want to see the, us put the knife into Chelsea? I would like... <laughs> I would, I would li- like if Chelsea were the old lady we were talking about earlier, I'd <laughs> like us to I'd push her over and stab her a bit. Um, <laughs> no, I would, I would have liked it because it's... Uh, it's good when you play a team like that and you can, you can corrupt them in a way. You know, you can make their lives a, a bit miserable. I think the record against the big teams is a little bit interesting, isn't it? Because it was always a failing um, that we didn't, quite, we didn't quite perform against them. And maybe the, the thing has turned a, a little bit too much. And as for how much is down to the manager and how much is down for the players... Look, I think ultimately how we play and the way we play is, is down to Arsene Wenger. And... Um, you know, people will say he doesn't do tactics, and he's not like a, uh, an extreme tactical coach, like someone like Antonio Conte. But how that worked out for that guy yesterday, <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's, I think it's a, a, as much down to Arsene Wenger as 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 anybody. Um, I I just feel like sometimes, and I don't know if it's to do with Arsene Wenger or not, but. When we play sli- teams that we're expected to beat, we kind of slack off a little bit. There's, there's been that over the last few years. Yeah, I feel like last season there was a, a period of us sort of kind of struggling for first half goals a little bit. And, you know, not, uh, it makes such a difference to score that early goal, come out of the traps flying. I think there are players in this team who really who respond quite well to, to that occasion, particularly at home. But... Um, I'd, lo- I'd love to see us go on and beat Chelsea, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> Twelve. Uh, Twelve. Uh, all the numbers, really. But I, I always thought it was going to be difficult against uh, an Italian manager. I thought at half-time at 3-0, I thought he might just shut down completely. I was yeah, actually yeah, yeah. surprised how open and adventurous they were. Yeah. But had we been more efficient, we could have got four or five. You know, you think of Walcott getting those two opportunities in the box. Um, and I think that ultimately... As, as greedy as I am, and as much as I would have enjoyed seeing them take a, a real battering, especially after what they did to us a couple of years ago. And your brother, of course. And with my Chelsea brother fan. being a Chelsea fan, no yeah. less. Yeah. Uh, 
I, uh, I, I, I'm pretty satisfied with the result, nonetheless. I think you can't. <laughs> you can't really you can't complain. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we hadn't got those cutaways of Diego Costa looking sad, it would have been different. But three 0 plus those. Yeah, that's fine good. with me. That's all good. All right, have we got one more? We've got one last question. One last uh, question, and uh, it comes from our man Terence here from Long Island. Hey, Terrence from Long Island. Hey, guys. Thank you. Uh, I just want is to it say... A, is it actually a really long island? It's a really long island. Okay, that's good. I like that. I like when things are like... It's like a long, long skinny dick. What it yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a long skinny dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just real quick, thanks to Curtis and everyone for setting this up. Lads, thanks for coming out. Thanks. Yeah, pleasure. So I'm going to end it on this because we haven't heard it yet. So here's my, here's my deal to you. Would you rather have Diego Costa... Half man, half dolphin as your flatmate? Or would you rather have a blind ho- uh, Jose Mourinho where you can move the furniture around and fuck with him all the time? Oh, <laughs> yeah. The thing, about, the thing about Diego Costa being half dolphin is that you would have to keep him in the bath, right? So it would be really awkward to have a shower. Yeah. And like, would, like, would he talk like a dolphin? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like clicky noises? That would be weird. I would much rather have a blind Mourinho as my flatmate because I would, I would say, here, do you want a hand getting dressed? And I'd give him a T-shirt with I am a cunt on it and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, <laughs> or, simple pleasures. Yeah, simple pleasures. Move the furniture around. Here's, no, the lift is here. Step into the lift. And the, li- the lift is not there. I don't know if this is clear from what the lift is not there. There's a chasm. There's like... But I'd have to make sure I'm living on a very high floor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't live with a dolphin anyway. You just hate them, don't you? Yeah, no, I couldn't live with a dolphin. Like, dolphins are complete assholes. And, uh, like, I feel like they wouldn't do their share of the chores. Yeah. Like, the dishes would always be left in the sink. You'd be <laughs> going, listen, I'm out working. I'm just, I've come home and, like, you're sitting around here smoking playing PlayStation all day. The least you could do, you dolphin fuck, is just do the dishes. And the dolphin would just sit on the couch and go, fuck you, man. I don't care what you think. So, blind Mourinho for me. Blind Mourinho. That's my, that's my, that's my personal ambition. Would blind I, would, Mourinho. Would we, would, be, would we be allowed to actually blind Mourinho ourselves? All right. Surely. Yeah. Like that bit in The Omen. Do you remember, is it The Omen or The Omen 2 where the woman is like walking down the road and the crows come down and Damien's going, this bitch, I, I get her. She's fucking, I don't know what she's going to do to me, but she's going to kill me. And the crows come down and go, ah, they peck out her eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, if we could do that to Mourinho, I'd be well on for it. Yeah. So, so any, anyone, I, anyone here have an aviary at all uh, with, with specially crane, uh, trained crows? No. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that seems like a really bad thing That's a bit weird. <laughs> anyway, look, uh, we're going to leave it there. We've been going for a that while. That wraps it up. Guys, um, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Thank you to the Barley Corn for having us. Thanks to Curtis and all the Arsenal NYC guys. And, and you guys for coming out. It's been amazing. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Oh, we gotta get a, we got to get a picture, do we? Oh, we'll do a picture. we got to get a picture, and then you've got to do the bye-bye. Okay, we'll do the all pictures right, part on, of the show. One picture. The show's not finished. 
Should we? Okay, I'm getting the pic- I've kind of sucked the life out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so animated before. It was great. So I'm going to do it like that. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Great, guys. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.